Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. Welcome to Legally Sound Smart Business. This is Nasser Pasha. This is Matt Staub. And welcome to the business legal podcast that covers business in the news and also answers some of your business legal questions that you, the listener, could ask a question at ask at legallysoundsmartbusiness.com by sending it an email address. Terrible intro. (laughs) Actually, the intro of the intro was good, but the conclusion of the intro was... A little faulty. It's all right. I I mean, there's a little bit of a leeway on Monday, so I, I don't. I'm not going to hold. I'm not going to hold it against you. Just getting warmed up. So I shouldn't give you the leeway because this isn't being recorded on a Monday morning. But it's <laughs> people are listening to it on a Monday morning, so maybe they're not firing on all cylinders. <laughs> they won't even notice how bad that enter was, other than the fact that I've gone on about it for another minute. People are still trying to figure out if it's Monday or not. I'm still trying to figure that out at least. All right. Well, actually, we got a good story that'll help people wake up, I guess, indirectly. A lawsuit involving Red Bull, more accurately, a false advertising lawsuit. But there's a possible settlement. Um, That's not as important. But basically, it boiled down to this. There was a false advertising claim. I think everyone knows what Red Bull is. It's an energy drink. It gives you wings. Yeah, it gives you wings, which that sounds like false advertising right there. But the actual false advertising claim was it provided more benefits to consumers than a cup of coffee or a caffeine pill. And so basic arguments, breach of express warranty, unjust enrichment, violation of other acts, things of that nature. But I guess the moral of the story is for any business, you have to watch out what you assert in terms of what your product or service can do for the customer. Yeah. Also note that they're alleged to have violated 30 different state consumer protection acts. And we have a lot of clients and a lot of businesses sell their products and services. They also spell their products and services. They sell it on a nationwide basis. And though the consumer protection acts are pretty similar in the sense that what they intend to protect, there are differences. For example, California and New York are inherently more consumer-friendly than some of these other states. So at the end of the day, especially when you're selling on a national level, you need to think about being very conservative of how you're selling your product. And what were their statements as far as uh, what was told to be false? I don't know the exact quote, but more benefits than a cup of coffee or a caffeine pill, which I used to drink Red Bull a lot back in college. But if you've ever looked at the actual (laughs) liquid or tasted it, like there's no possible way it's going to be more beneficial than coffee or, I mean, I don't know about caffeine pill, but it just doesn't seem natural. It has that taurine in it, which is supposedly very bad for you. So they say. Every time I drink it, it literally tastes like toxic waste to me. I feel like I'm drinking some chemicals. And the fact that it says that they provided more benefits compared to a cup of coffee and caffeine pill, That implies that Red Bull has benefits. It seems awkward to say that for some reason to me. Yeah, and have you seen, it was just fresh in my mind because I watched the beginning of it the other day, the the movie Role Models, because the two main guys, their job, at least at the beginning, is going around speaking at schools, telling them how energy drinks are. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the one where they go to the LARP? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Paul Rudd and Sean William Scott. Yeah, I mean, it just seems ridiculous. And we've all seen those monster drinks and those energy drink guys out there trying to promote this stuff. It just seems like anything that they would say besides it giving you wings would be considered false advertising. And obviously, I joke around the wings aspect because no one actually believes that it does give you wings. But if they truly claim that was the case and it was reasonable soon that's what they were saying, then obviously that would be false advertising. <laughs> I'm reading the complaint now. It's actually stated in there. Does Defendants it? spend millions of dollars misleading customers about the superiority of their quote-unquote functional beverage and its ability to quote give you wings and provide energy and vitality red bull states that because of its unique combination of high quality ingredients red bull energy drink vitalizes body and mind <laughs> interesting we'll link the complaint yeah i'd like to see the complaint obviously no one would expect it gives you wings but the part about it being better than coffee or caffeine pill, I've never taken caffeine pills. So I don't know. I imagine it's a similar sort of thing. That's kind of a statement of fact, right? You have to kind of back that up that if, okay, if you're saying there's more benefits, how and what's your basis for that? And we've all seen marketing kind of give a lot of leeway to these kinds of statements. But whenever you make a comparison, you have to be very careful with this. And one of the reasons why this happens very often with big companies, because again, you would think, okay, there's a whole team of lawyers that are reviewing this stuff. But in reality, it's just like a small business. When you have the marketing end of things, they're not the gatekeepers of what goes through. You know, The lawyers, the accountants are the gatekeepers. The marketing people are the doers. They just want to make the sale and get it done. And those are competing kind of interests. And so from a practical perspective, you do have to kind of put that into consideration when you're dealing with marketing people. That's a really good point. If you have a legal team and you have a marketing team, I think their thoughts on this are going to be a little bit different. And this, I, I'm going to go on one more thing because I think this question is going to be able to be answered pretty quickly. So I'm not worried about that. I don't know if you've ever seen the show on Comedy Central, Nathan for You with Nathan Fielder. I have not. It's a comedy show and he goes around trying to improve small businesses with extreme ideas. It's kind of joking. <laughs> One of his ideas was it's all in LA, some burger place, and it advertised like the best burger in LA or something like that. And he went on the radio <laughs> with this guy, that business owner who was kind of just going along with it. He's like, you come to our place. If you don't think it's the best burger, we'll give you a full refund. Then went out to like millions of people. It's like It's hard <laughs> to explain without seeing the show, but it's really funny. But that's the whole point of this advertising. Like It has to be within reason. Yeah. Actually, we should cover the legal issues surrounding saying that you have the best coffee in Seattle or the best coffee in the world, best pizza in the world, best pizza in the country. You know, We'll do that one day. Yeah, we can do that. That's not a problem. I'm not saying it's a problem. <laughs> I'll have to link the other Nathan for you thing too. It's pretty funny. No, I think we should just have a brainstorming session of topics for the future. That's <laughs> what everybody wants. Question of the day. Question of the day. My employees are receiving small tips on credit card receipts, and we get hit with a processing fee each time. Can we deduct the fee from our employees' tips? And this comes from someone in Santa Barbara. Oh, California. You know, actually, in some states, this is actually allowed. There was just a story, it seems like it was this week or even before then, I think it was a Minnesota company that was actually doing this because they were trying to get around the minimum wage increase and so forth. And I don't know the details of that case, but in Minnesota, apparently it's allowed, but California, definitely not. Yeah. I mean, that's the answer. And since this person's in California, I mean, that's pretty clear cut. It's in the the labor code that, you know, you can't do this as an employer. And why we, I mean, why would you anyways? It's, I don't know how it works. Do they run the credit card and they go back and type the tip in later 
So is it run two separate times or is it all considered one transaction? I don't know the answer to that. I think I know the answer to that. And if anyone owns a restaurant, they can clarify. But basically, they run the credit card and it puts some kind of hold. And then at the end, they put in the actual number and they do some batch processing or something to that effect for the tips, right? I think you're right. Because if you go back and look at your transactions, I think 95 percent of the time it's just one transaction it's very rare that you'll have two transactions oh yeah it's always one transaction one with a thing and one with a tip occasionally i'll have that oh really yeah they may just be overcharging you just like let's just charge them for another dessert or something probably are it's a scam (laughs) but i don't know why you would either well i understand the sentiment because those credit card fees do add up for those of you that don't necessarily sell products or accept credit cards Merchant fees are very simple. They charge, sometimes they have a monthly fee. They almost always have a per transaction fee. And then they have a percentage fee of the actual ticket. And so those three items are always negotiable. And these credit card processors play with all those rates. But generally, I think restaurants, because of the volume that they're doing, the number of transactions, they usually try to keep the per transaction fee very low and percentage a little bit, maybe a little bit higher. And I think that ranges three to 5% a lot of the times. And three to 5% for each sale, that can add up. But I don't know if you want to take that away from your, or just, I guess, just pay them less overall. It just seems strange to take that off the top of the waitresses or waiters. Yeah. I mean, if you're really that concerned, just put a minimum that people have to do to charge a credit card or just be a cash only place. Yeah. That can always kind of backfire too, obviously. I get frustrated with that kind of stuff sometimes. I don't carry cash. For my sake, don't do that. Places like that usually have an ATM inside their place. Yeah, but then they charge like two fifty, three fifty, right? Yeah, that's the challenge. Gosh, I feel poor all of a sudden. I need more cash. <laughs> and when those situations arise and I don't have cash, I just trade services for services. Yeah, that's what I do too. I go back and wash dishes for 25 minutes. <laughs> It'd be kind of cool if you could do that. Why not? That'd be neat. Why not? Alrighty. <laughs> I think that's our episode ended on a very high note with you talking about specific percentages of credit card fees <laughs> what's it ever wants to hear on a monday yeah well i don't know i find it interesting because i know a lot of our clients they get calls all the time wanting them to switch and they're always trying to you know undercut over and over again the competitor so well anyway okay so should we end it or should we just start talking for another five minutes yeah i'm gonna drink a bunch of red bulls between this episode and the next so all right i'll give you wings have a good day everyone (laughs) keep it sound and keep it smart this has been the legally sound smart business show with your hosts nasir pasha and matt stop the legally sound smart business show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.